Part two, chapter eleven of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part two, chapter eleven. Vinitius went straight to Miriam's house. At the gate he met Nazarius, who started at his sight. Vinitius gave him a cordial greeting and asked to be led to his mother's house. In the room besides Miriam he found Peter, Glaucus, Crispus, and Paul of Tarsus. The latter had recently returned from Fregelae. The sight of the young tribune astonished everyone. "'I greet ye in the name of Christ, whom ye honor,' said Vinitius. "'Blessed be his name for ever,' was the reply. "'I know your virtues and have received your kindness. Therefore I come as a friend.' and we greet thee as a friend returned peter sit down master and partake of our meal as a guest i will sit down and eat with ye but first give me a hearing o peter and paul of tarsus so that ye may trust me i know where lygia is i have come here from before the house of linus which is close to this dwelling caesar hath given me the right to possess her i have nearly five hundred slaves in my house i could surround her abode and carry her off but i have not done this and i will not do it then may the blessing of the lord descend upon thee and purify thy heart said peter i thank thee but hearken further i did not do so though i live in a torment of longing before i came among ye i would surely have carried her off and held her by force but your virtue and your creed, though I profess it not, have made some great change in my soul, so that I dare not use force. I myself cannot comprehend it, but so it is. That is why I come to you, for ye stand to Lygia in the place of father and mother, and I say to ye, Give me Lygia for my wife, and I swear that not only will I allow her to confess Christ, but I myself will begin to learn his creed. He held his head erect. His voice was firm. Nevertheless he was moved. His legs trembled beneath his striped mantle. When he noticed the hush that followed his words, he went on as if anticipating a refusal. I know the obstacles in the way, but I love her as my own eyes. Though I am not your enemy, neither yours nor Christ's, I wish to meet you truthfully, so that you may trust me. I am staking my whole life on this issue, but I tell you the truth. Some might say, baptize me, but I say, give me light. I believe in Christ's resurrection, for truthful witnesses have told me this who saw him after death. I believe, for I have seen it, that your religion teaches virtue, justice, and charity, but not the crimes of which you are suspected. Still, I fail to understand it as a whole. Something I have learned from your works, something from Lygia, something from my discussions with you. I claim that a change has been wrought within me. Once I ruled my servants with a rod of iron. I can do this no longer. I knew no mercy, now I know it. Once I loved pleasure. The other night I ran from it because it stifled me through very disgust. Once I believed in violence, now I renounce it. Know that I cannot recognize myself. I revolt at banquets, at songs, at symbols, at garlands, at Caesar's court, at nude bodies, at every crime. When I think Lygia is pure as mountain snow, I love her all the more. 
when i think that she is such as she is through your creed i love that creed and desire it but since i do not fully comprehend it since i know not if i can practice it or if my nature will endure it i live in uncertainty and torment as though in some dark dungeon here his brows knitted with pain a glow appeared on his cheeks he hurried on with greater emotion you see i am tortured with love and doubt i have been told that in your creed there is room for life for human joy for happiness for order for government for the roman dominion is that so i have been told that ye are mad tell me what do you aim at is it sin to love is it sin to experience pleasure is it sin to wish for happiness are ye enemies of life need a christian be miserable should i renounce lygia what is your view of truth your acts and your words are as transparent water but what lies at the bottom of that water you see that i am sincere scatter away the darkness for i have been told this greece created wisdom and beauty rome power but what have they brought forth therefore tell me what would ye bring forth if there is light beyond your doors open them that i may see it we bring forth charity said peter paul of tarsus added if i speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity i am as sounding brass nevertheless the heart of the old apostle yearned to that soul in torment which like a bird beating against its bars strove toward the air and the sun he stretched out his hand to vinitius whoso knocketh to him shall be opened he said the grace of the lord is upon thee therefore i bless thee thy soul and thy love in the name of the saviour of the world vinitius who had already spoken with wild enthusiasm sprang towards peter then a strange thing happened that descendant of the quirites who until recently had failed to recognize any common humanity in an alien grasped the hands of the old galilean and pressed them gratefully to his lips peter was filled with joy he saw that once more his seed had fallen on good soil that his fishing net had gathered in another soul all present were no less rejoiced at this sign of homage to god's apostle with one voice they exclaimed glory to god in the highest vinitius arose with a radiant face i see he cried that happiness can dwell among ye for i myself am happy i know that you can convince me in all other things but i will say more this cannot happen in rome caesar goes to antium i must accompany him for he hath commanded it you know that to refuse is death but if i have found favor in your eyes go with me and teach me your creed you will be safer than i in that vast concourse of people you will find opportunity to proclaim the truth in the very court of caesar actia they say is a christian among the praetorians are many christians for i myself have seen soldiers kneeling before thee o peter at the nomentan gate i have a villa in antium where we may assemble at the very side of caesar to listen to your teachings glaucus hath said that for the sake of a single soul ye are willing to travel to the ends of the world do then for me what ye have done for those who attracted you hither from judea do so and abandon not my soul hearing this they held counsel among themselves 
with joy they thought of the victory of their creed and of the importance to the heathen world of the conversion of an augustali the scion of one of the oldest families in rome it was true that they would have wandered to the ends of the world for the sake of a single soul since the death of the master they had done nothing else therefore a refusal was the furthest thing from their thoughts but peter was at that time the pastor of a great multitude hence he could not go paul of tarsus however who had recently been in Arisium and in fragelli and who was preparing for another long journey into the orient to visit the churches and inspire them with new zeal consented to accompany the young tribune to antium where he might readily find a vessel bound for the grecian seas Vinicius regretted that Peter, to whom he owed so much, could not accompany him, but he thanked Paul heartily. Then he turned to the old apostle with a final request. "'Knowing Lygia's dwelling,' he said, "'I might myself go there and ask, as is only meet, whether she would accept me as a husband if my soul turned to Christ. But I prefer to ask thee, O apostle. Let me see her, or lead me to her.' i know not how long i shall remain in antium remember that by caesar's side no one is sure of the morrow petronius himself has already assured me that there might be danger there for me let me see her ere i go let me feast my eyes upon her let me ask her to forget the evil i have done and help me to a better life peter the apostle smiled kindly and said my son who would deny thee a just joy vinicius again bowed low over his hand he could not suppress the joy that flooded his heart the apostle took his head between his hands be not afraid of caesar he said i tell thee no hair on thy head will be harmed then he sent miriam for lygia but bade her not reveal whom she would find among them so that her joy might be the greater it was not far in a little while they assembled in the chamber and saw miriam leading lygia by the hand through the myrtles in the garden vinicius would have fain run out to greet her but at sight of that beloved figure happiness deprived him of his strength he stood breathless with throbbing heart barely able to hold himself on his feet he was a hundred times more moved than when for the first time in his life he had heard the shafts of the parthians whizzing around his head she ran in unsuspecting at sight of him she stopped as if rooted to the spot her face flushed and then paled her eyes glanced around her with alarm and surprise but only bright and kindly eyes met hers peter approached and asked lygia dost thou still love him there was a sudden hush her lips trembled as those of a child who is on the point of bursting into tears because it fears its guilt but cannot help confessing it answer said the apostle then with humility and fear in her voice she whispered slowly falling to the feet of peter i do vinicius at the same moment knelt beside her peter placed his hands on their heads and said love each other in the lord and for his glory for there is no sin in your love end of part two chapter eleven